calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. And welcome to a live episode here of the Geek Party. <laughs> hey! Wow, you you just jump right in. You got it, Shannon. Who? <laughs> Shannon? Who, guys? Hey, no way. No way. Well, before we go forward, introducing ourselves, I want to remind you all: A, this is a live show, so the stream labs and super chats are open. But B, yes, we're missing the the usual third member of our crew. Shannon McClung, who is out with COVID now, uh, he, it finally got him. The man ran, ducked, jumped under bridges, everything he could to stay out of it, and eventually it got him, and uh, he is waylaid right now. So send him some love uh, on his social medias and however else you may communicate with him to give him some love, and hopefully he'll be back next week. But, you know, we lost Shannon McClung, Mike, and I was like, we got to get a heavy hitter to replace Shannon McClung. I reached out to our FSU brother over there. Yep. The great Christian Harloff, who runs the Christian Harloff channel. He's got so many shows. He's blowing up all over the place with all the work that he's doing. Just crossed 60,000 subscribers on his channel, heading towards 70,000. A man I've uh, known for quite some time, and you and I have known for quite some time there, Mike Vogel. Christian Harloff, welcome to the Geek Buddies. How are you, man? I'm good, but let's be Ooh. honest. You reached out to Ellis. He wasn't available, and I was. Uh, I, I was. So <laughs> It's awesome. Yes, people have said it. People are tweeting out this morning obviously people know that you and I know each other for so yeah. long, but I've known Mike for a long time. We've been talking yeah. about shoes and beef. Without Mike Vogel, there is no shoes and beef, man. Shoes and, and beef. Well, you would have gotten somebody to draw some shoes and beef, but yes, there, uh, that, that was, 
That was, uh, God, that was when we first moved out here. You called me up on the phone. You're like, I got this idea. So yeah. there's a shoe and there's some beef. And I was like, I'm in. I'm in. Love I love it. it. It was great. I remember the coffee <laughs> shop we'd go to and have the meetings. It was amazing. So it was, so I jumped at the opportunity to be able to talk. Obviously, I wish it was under better circumstances than, than Shannon being sick. But uh, but it's uh, it's awesome to be able to be here with you. I'm a big, I, I, like, I really like what you guys are doing over here. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you, bud. Well, we appreciate it madly. Let's introduce ourselves before we get started. My, I'm the outlaw, John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies in the Outlaw Nation. Mike? I am Michael Vogel, a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies and designer of uh, Shoes and Beef. There you go. Absolutely. And of course, Christian Harloff, we've already introduced him. So we should give some love to Carbon Health, who continues to power and sponsor us here on the Geek Buddies. Go to CarbonHealth.com. Go get checked out today. they got virtual care in-person care 100 plus locations all over the country 80 plus locations in california alone they're sponsoring us up until 20 into 2023 so we can't thank them enough download the app to have a dock in your pocket as well for anything that you need when you are on the run all right we're going to jump in we're going to do our normal show here each of us takes a geek news topic brings it up we talk about it amongst ourselves then we take a break and we get into our main topic and our main topic today is going to be ranking the mcu phase four of the mcu the shows and the movie. So 15 projects. We're going to be d- giving you our rankings and giving, and giving you our thoughts 17. on all of it. 17, 17 if you count the two specials. I had oh, eight. Like the specials. I forgot about the specials. I think I had 18. I don't know. 18? My math's bad. We'll find out soon. <laughs> it's an like, sequel there. And Avengers Endgame. You're like, nah, nah, <laughs> no, no, no. Nah, not that one. Nope, nope. Uh, but we're going to jump into all of it for sure. Uh, but let's um, and reminder again, once more time that Streamlabs super chats are open. To, open. It is pinned in the chat right now. Send in your love. Christian Harlov hanging out with us. Come on. Give us some love here. Right. It is 18. It's 18. It is 18. Okay. It is? What am I, what am I missing? Oh, I'm a, shit. I'm, we'll I'm going to talk. I'm, I'll announce all of the 18 right now, but I won't do them in order. I'll just kind of. 18. All right. So, then, 18. so you got you got what if. Right. Yep. You got Thor, Love and Thunder. Yep. Yep. Spider-Man. Yep. You got Wakanda Forever. Yep. WandaVision. Yep. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yep. Loki. Yep. Guardians Holiday Special. Okay. Ah. Yep. Is that, you guys don't forget That's that one? That's the one no, I got. That okay. one. I got that one. Airwolf by Night. Got that one. I am Groot. Ah, that's the one I didn't have. All right. All right. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Speaking truth. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about Groot. I didn't know we were counting Groot, but all right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, All right, I'll add to it. We'll add to it as we go along for sure. But uh, let's jump into our first topic and uh, let's get into this thing. Avatar, Way of Water, the Way of Water uh, for a lot of people was screened last night. The premiere was in London. Um, So a lot of people had some strong feelings about it. I'm going to talk about the first reactions. I'm going to bring up some of them. Uh, Christian Harloff and I got a chance to watch it yesterday. So we'll be talking about Mikey. Gotta wait uh, a little bit longer, but uh, uh, certainly we'll get to it. Although based on based on your out of the theater reaction and yeah. all of these reactions so far, uh, my hype train has just uh, gone into uh, full speed. So yeah, let, let it rip, let it rip. All right, let's get into the first reactions here. Bring it up here, Mike Ryan. Over there at Up Rock says, Avatar the Way of Water, you never bet against James Cameron trying to spare hyperbole, but I've never seen anything like this from a technical visual standpoint. It's overwhelming, maybe too overwhelming. Sometimes I'd miss plot points because I was staring at a Pandora fish. Carl Warner says, as an Avatar stand, I had high hopes for Avatar the Way of the Water, and for me, it totally delivers. 
Sure, it's a little long, but worth it for the gorgeous visuals, wonderful new characters, a total thrill. Amon Warman over there said, uh, Ava so Avatar The Way of the Water, I liked it, didn't love it. The good news is that 3D is good again. Yay, and the action is pretty incredible, especially in the final act. But many of the storylines feel like they have to stop and start, and the high frame rate was hit or miss for me. Eric Davis over there said, happy to say Avatar The Way of the Water is phenomenal. Of course, he's over at Fandango. Bigger, better, and more emotional than Avatar. The film is visually breathtaking, visceral, and incredibly engrossing. The story, the spectacle, the spirituality, the beauty. This is movie making and storytelling at its absolute finest. And Guillermo del Toro got into the mix here. A staggering achievement. Avatar The Way of the Water, the way of water is choke, chock full of majestic vistas and emotions at an epic, epic scale. A master at the peak of his powers. And that's pretty much the standard response from a lot of people coming out of the theater. So I go to Mikey first because he hasn't seen it. What is your reaction to these first reactions to Avatar The Way of Water? Well, my main reaction is I told you so, even though I haven't seen it yet to say I told you so. Because <laughs> I've been saying since trailer one, yeah. as Shan McClung has been playing his whole, oh, I don't care about this franchise. We'll see. I guess it'll be fine. And you were giving your... I didn't love the first one. I don't know why it made the money that it made. Yeah. And I'm over here being like, I saw Avatar like eight times in the theater. I just kept going wow. back. I love it. It is Fern Gully meets the Smurfs meets Dances with Wolves. I don't care. I still love the movie. So I've been excited about this. And as I've said over and over and over, and in some of the tweets said, you just don't bet against James Cameron. He's got a better track record than Marvel. He's got a better track record than Pixar. Like the man knows how to make a movie that is going to wow people. And, you know, given given that it's been so long, yeah. given that people don't obsess over Pandora and the Navi the way we obsess over some of our other geek brands, you really did wonder, was he going to do it again? I thought he was, and now, uh, now I'm pretty sure he is. So I cannot wait to go see it on uh, the 16th. Yeah, Christian, we're not allowed to review yet until the 10th, but, you know, we can give our reactions to it. And certainly been 13 years that we've waited to see this sequel and by the way he said the other day like he's got ideas for six and seven or five and six he wants to keep going with this thing and normally i throw that in the power rangers pile and go don't don't uh don't start thinking ahead before you eat the food but i'll be damned coming out of this film if i'm like okay yeah keep going man what did you think reaction wise to this uh to this avatar the way of the water exactly that that was the magic trick is he's that's that's what he did and is and i was part of the don't doubt cameron and i was on mm -hmm. the same page as mike where I, I loved the movie i just watched it again with my, the first movie i loved it which with uh with my daughter we watched it recently and i thought it held up i thought it was emotional i love the james horner score i love yeah. everything about that movie i really do and and i and every and people say well it was just a rehash of fern gully or all this stuff too well star wars was a whole rehash of other movies too i just I never that argument never held up for me it's like you don't like it you don't like it that's fine but i do think it's a theatrical experience the first one and this one is no different and i agree with you 100 percent. what he did that was so brilliant was that for a lot of people going into this movie you're going i don't know if the avatar needed to be made and maybe two is enough everybody that enjoys this movie coming out of it and a lot there's going to be a lot of people they're going to go more bring me back to pandora again and what mike was saying in the beginning where well it's not like these other franchises yet because people aren't talking about it all the time mike i think that's going to change um especially nice. as what goes on in this movie it's visually stunning it is emotional it it and john i saw your yep. reaction and, yep. and i agree with the same thing where it is it's, it's such a heavy emphasis on family and as i texted you yesterday when i was coming out of it yeah 
Um, I'm an old sap right now. I got two daughters, so like it definitely hit me. I, 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 I'm not one that tears up a lot in movies. I was tearing. I had, I had tears coming down my face twice during this movie. Yeah. Um, the again, the the obviously James Horner passed away, but they honor his original score. I think really well with some new stuff. The performances are amazing. So I was, I was blown away by it. I really was. It's. I, I don't even know. It might. It's kind of ranked pretty high in my on my um top ten of the year for sure. Oh, guys, yeah, I, I am I, hyped. I mean. I went in with as much skepticism as you could have. And by the way, being a film critic in San Diego is really nice. They just ran out of whole theater. There was four of us in the whole theater. There was nobody else in the theater. Got to sit in the nice uh, IMAX screen and watch it. And it Ooh. was great. And afterwards, all four of us who were in the theater just had a nice conversation about the movie afterwards, talking about how surprised we were, how great it is. Yeah. Are, is there some jumps or is there stuff in the middle that maybe you could have caught a little bit, as I said in my, in my uh, reaction? Yeah, sure. But there's so much going on that you just go along with because he's earned the extra minutes there in the middle. So what a way I felt about the Batman, he earned the film earned rather those extra 20 minutes at mm. the end of the film. I was fine with it. You got me. If you got me, I'm with you and I'll give you a little bit of leeway. And I watched the the first one yesterday before I went in to see this one and watched the uh, on Disney plus there. And I, and I was like, ah, see, this is those. I still feel this way about this movie. Some of the dialogue, some of the lines. I'm just like, oh, come and get me, bitch. Like, just like, come on, man. And then, and but when you get to the last half of the movie, it really works. So in this movie, I was like, are we going to get more of those cheesy dialogue? I say no. The dialogue worked really well for me. The connections. And he said he spent more time. So the fact that he spent more time with them, I think really shows. And as I said in my reaction, in the emotional beats of the film and when they hit it. So now people were saying 175 to 200. I think the over. Let me ask you guys this: the overwhelming response here in positivity from these reactions. Do you now think that we're looking at a higher box office? And I know box office analysts are saying right now 200 million is essentially, uh, or the 175 million post COVID is essentially 200 million pre COVID. So do we think we're going to get past 200 million, 250 million? Is there is there a record to be broken here from Avatar to the Way of Water? What do you guys think? I'm gonna tell you. I, I'm gonna tell you a story. I'm gonna tell you a story. Oh boy. Okay. When I was a younger nerd, yes. uh, I took my best friend Matt Pinkison to see a movie called Titanic. <laughs> and halfway through the movie, he started talking on his cell phone because he was bored. And he called someone. He goes, "I don't know what time I'm gonna be out. The boat hasn't even fucking sunk yet." Wow. And then the movie got done, and as our, we're all drying our eyes, he was like, peace out, bitches, and he left. And he called me the next day, and he goes, man, that movie is going to tank. Wow. And I said, I don't know, I think it's going to do pretty well. And he goes, bomb. It's going to bomb. And that movie went on to just break every fucking record in the world. Again, I say, how, how, how don't bet against James Cameron. What? How, how rich was that kid? He had a cell phone in 97. <laughs> Listen, man, Gainesville, Florida, Gainesville, Florida, old money, Gainesville, Florida, old money had it going on. But uh, no, he So I'm just saying again, James Cameron, like with the first Avatar, it made so much money and you still had people coming out being like, oh, it looked really cool. I didn't love it. And just this initial reaction of holy shit, this is even more of a spectacle than the first movie. And John, like you said, as someone who didn't thought the, the first movie had its cheesier moments, this is a much stronger story. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my expectations at high. I think it's gonna go higher than analysts are saying. Yeah. What do you think, Christian? Because I've, I've been hearing there's some backlash. Some people are saying, like, oh well, you know, I'm not gonna go see it to protest Cameron doing this. What do you think about all this nonsense? I, I mean, you're always gonna someone's gonna always protest something. So, yeah. I mean Paw Patrol! Hey, supposed to- <laughs> 
so everybody's always uh, bitching about something. So that that plays no merit. I think that what it will do, it's it's, and I had this conversation earlier. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing for me is repeat viewing anytime these things are going to happen. Yes. Well, people right. want to go back and see it, and I just use myself now. I made sure that I let people know I'm as Mike said earlier I was a I'm a big fan of the first one I can yeah. watch the first one over again so like that's why I said to you last night I said do you did you like the first one you go yeah here and there you know whatever and it's winning people over like yourself yeah and you're the only person there's tons of people that I saw that didn't like the first one that like the second one that want to go back and see it again I want to see it tomorrow I want to go yeah. back and watch it again I want to be in because even though I don't necessarily disagree that sure if you shave 15 seconds or 15 minutes off or whatever you know, could you? Yeah, but the difference for me is this. It's like I just went to Universal Studios with my uh, with my daughter for her birthday, and they, and you go on those rides, whether it's Transformers or the Harry Potter one, whatever. And you see all these different things. There's parts of that that you're just in that that experience. You're right. And even there's those little things that maybe don't necessarily further the story but it's just cool to be in that experience that's what these movies are they're so special and they're so different in the theatrical experience that every little second of pandora i wanted if they spent five minutes on a plant and a freaking mystical beast pissing on the plant i would watch the beast piss on the plant for five minutes because i just because it's so i still feel like a little kid i'm watching all these things inside of the water come out and i'm like it's just a different experience and i want to feel that again i want it's like i want to go back on the ride and universe studios sign me up and it's not just that it's not just the visual experience and you just said it it's the emotional experience mm-hmm. inside of this new story and the family stuff that really connects and hits and it's not i thought the first one even though i really like it i think the first one's a little too preachy yes i, I don't think this one is as preachy no interesting I, I think it's i think it's gonna i think it presents stuff and if you even if it connects with you then it connects with you yeah. whereas the first one he was really hammering it home Right. Uh, and I think there's more balance in this one, right? Again, not reviewing it, just reacting to it. There's more balance here in this one than there was in the first one for me. So I agree with Christian 100%. This is, this is my favorite Geek Buddies. This is my favorite episode of the Geek Buddies. <laughs> poor Shannon. I, just, I was just about poor Shannon. Shannon's at home trying to like taste something and he can't taste anything. And I'm sitting here tasting victory of this Avatar oh, 2. But tell you what, I like to Christian's point, I was just down in Orlando and I rode fucking Flight of Passage three times in a row. Like I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I just can't get enough of Pandora. I literally tear up every time I ride Flight of Passage. So like, I, I, I feel like I am definitely in that boat of coming out. Like the critical part of me will be like, okay, story wise, they probably could have done this, but I'm imagining that I'm gonna be like, I'll sp- give, give me as much Pandora as possible. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And um, and I would recommend. Look, I'm a big fan. I don't have an issue with the smoothing. I don't have an issue with the 48. FPS. I've never had an issue with that. I love that. I love that about the first Hobbit movies when I went to go see it. I'm a fan of that kind of stuff. I know I'm the rare cinephile that enjoys that kind of shit, but it's great to see that Cameron figured out how to make this thing work in 3D without causing headaches, without causing the issues that have been happening in the past, like with Gemini Man and with some of the Hobbit and with some of the uh, installments from the Hobbit franchise. People were complaining. I think he smoothed it out. And I was reading an interview with him yesterday and about how he kind of hacked this thing and figured it out. And I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy the 3d experience in ways that they had not in the past uh, with previous stuff. And it's going to blow you away. I mean, some of these visuals literally that just couldn't believe how they were making that happen. Uh, I don't know if you felt that way, Christian, what'd you think? I did because I did not like the Hobbit stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it drove me crazy. So I, it was when I saw this, I saw a lot of the footage at D23 that they showed at avatar. And I said, yeah, it looks great, but I think I might get, I might get tired of this frame rate. And I didn't right. 
Uh, I didn't at all. Um, yeah. And I think that you just, I think it's part of the experience. And I think yes. that's the difference. I think that the Hobbit seemed, it just seemed something off with it. Mm -hmm. It didn't seem right. like part of the experience. Um, this seems like it's part of the experience and it seems like it's part of Pandora. Yeah. The, and he acted because it was 24 FPS. Some of the 24 FPS things just doubled the frame. Yeah. within the scenes and that's what kind of smoothed everything over and got you to having a instead of having a jump transition in your mind it kind of smooths it all out so it's a really really smart move so um all right we've got 287 you know watching us right now live we appreciate it madly please make sure you hit a like on this video and subscribe to the channel as you come along maybe it's your first time hanging out here on the Allo nation channel we appreciate it madly of course big ups to christian harloff for joining us but let's hit some of these super chats here simon section says yes the stars have a line. Two of my favorite podcasts are together. Geek Buddies regarding a previous podcast, Momoa versus Momoa. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. I'll bring the orange juice. Geek Buddies bring forth the champagne. Let's go. Yeah, Christian, we were talking about how the rumors are going around that Momoa was in line for Lobo. And we're like, how the hell can you do that in the DC universe where you have Momoa as Lobo versus Momoa as Aquaman? Would that be possible? But God, how could you do that? How could you do that in the DC universe where everything makes such sense? Like that would just be such an outlier. Christian, uh, any thoughts on this? On, on whether or not he could do it, of course he can do it. Um, and I think that they'd be able to they'd be able to do it if they wanted to. But I actually think, and it's and I don't know. I'm, this this name's been floating around too, and whether or not he can act, we'll see. But I think yeah. um, Roman Reigns to me is a it would be a very interesting. I know I don't know whether or not he can yeah. act. I don't I don't know, I don't know. but yeah. he's got the look. He's got sure. the look for Lobo. Um, sure. I, I I don't know. We didn't even get a chance to see him act in the Hobbs and Shaw, or whatever. He was, right. he was just kind of in the background. But um, I think it's tricky for Momoa to play both because especially especially when Aquaman 2 hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. I mean, you know, I agree with you, Mike, that could he play him? Of course he could. And could they find a way to do it? Of course they can. But we don't know what the design for DC is going to be under Saffron and Gunn. And they have right. to – they really got – the last thing they want to do, though, right now, as much as I think that they could do it, you don't want to be confusing right now. you got to put everything clear and cut and say, this is what we have. Well, isn't that guy Aquaman? Yeah, well, that movie just – let's say Aquaman 2 makes, you know, $800 million, a billion dollars. They're going to say – well, wait, that's your Aquaman, and he's going to play this other character too? It could be confusing to audiences, so I think they'll probably stay away from it, but I don't think it's... But I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to it if they did it. I think it's all right. All right. Uh, all right, mm. there we go. Uh, Shano, mm. um, dear... I'm not going to even try to say that. No question, just a bit of support for the outlaw and the chairman and not forgetting the amazing Mike Vogel. Respect. Thank you so much, uh, Sean. I'm going to say that's Sean. I'm going to say that's Sean. Uh, and uh, we got one coming in here from Jay Master. Last week, Bob Iger had a town hall company meeting at Disney HQ with employees telling them Disney isn't merging nor selling to Apple. Yeah, gentlemen, that was the big rumor rolling around that Disney uh, might sell out to Apple or might buy Netflix. And Iger said no to both. So uh, do you guys think this is just Iger kind of uh, trying to reestablish Disney as its own entity, its own property, and wanting to right the ship for a little bit before even considering being sold to Apple or buying Netflix. What do you guys take from this? Well, it's like I said, I mean, as far as the Netflix thing goes, yeah. as I said last week or when we brought it up, I mean, <clears throat> look, anything could happen and who knows what the world is, what the world of uh, streaming and entertainment and everything is ahead, but it just doesn't really seem like it makes sense for Disney to buy Netflix when they're already trying to just like solidify Disney plus and make it profitable. Like trying to make yeah. two streamers profitable is over one and not even really just one because they also have Hulu and like, so like there's just, they're they're good on streaming. Yeah, they've got several platforms. Buying another one doesn't make sense. As far as selling to Apple, like again, 
why? Yeah. You know, I mean, like when you when you look at these big mergers that are happening, it's usually one company is in trouble or one company is done or one company is over. Disney's, I mean, yeah. for even for the fact that they're trying to make Disney Plus profitable and that people aren't happy with the pot, the the um the the money hikes in mm. the parks and everything like. Like, yes, Disney has its problems. Yes, Chapek made some huge blunders. Yes, Iger is coming in to clean things up. But Disney is by no means struggling right now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, them buying something huge or them selling, it seems like right now Iger's coming in to just like, look, let's focus on what we got. Let's get it back to a shiny polish that it was before Chapek came in. And yeah. let's go from there. Yeah. Uh, Christian, your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, that was, that was again, that's the thing is that, as Mike said, if you go into, if you're Iger, and you walked into a situation after taking over going, let me see, what do we have now? Oh, man, we got nothing. And Apple wants to buy us? All right, you know what? Let's let's go to Apple because I got I got nothing. As opposed to, oh, wait, let me look to my right. Oh, wait, there's, a, there's, Star, there's Star Wars. Let me look to my left. Oh, wait, there's there's Marvel. Let me look over there. There's Pixar. It's like, and this is the guy who bought all of it. So yeah. yeah, and Avatar's about to come out in a week. And yeah, Avatar's yeah. about to come out now that they and he was the one who who was the guy who said, Let's go buy Fox. Right. So he's also the type of leader and a type of businessman that it didn't seem to me where he's gonna go right away. You know, I'm gonna come in, I'm just gonna sell it. That's gonna be my next thing, is that's gonna be my legacy. I bought everything and now I'm just gonna sell it for a big thing. No, he's gonna come back in, he's gonna elevate because now now he's got more of a challenge on his hands. Hmm. And and you know, like at, from any any whether you're an athlete or a business, whatever, you, it's the challenge that drives the greats. Right. And Bob Arger, whether you have criticisms or or not of him, you can't you can't say that he and he put himself, he didn't do everything perfect over at Disney. He made some mistakes too, but he had way more wins than Chapek had, way more wins. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, and so so by him coming in and saying, look, I'm Renox, and, and that's the difference, by the way, in leadership from Chapek and Iger. Iger yeah. goes in and goes, Hey, I know what you guys have been hearing. I know that this is what it ain't happening. It's not what we're doing. I'm going after this thing. We're going to do it and we're going to make it happen. That's what he does, as opposed to the guy, you know, who's like just hiking up the prices at the parks. The the people who are working there are miserable. He doesn't Iger always focused on the people who were working on working with him, whether it was the person at the park selling freaking peanuts or whether it was his right hand person. Yeah. Like, and, and that is what makes a good leader. And it's upfront and honesty like that. And I think that he's going to he's going to make some big moves. And I'm, I'm very I'm very interested to see how it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the it's that it's exactly that. I mean, you're 100 percent. It's that daring to be great. Like Chapek is like, how am I going to make money? Let's uh, let's double prices. Let's charge thirty dollars to ride uh, Rise of Resistance. Iger goes, let's make money. Let's build fucking Galaxy's Edge and Avengers Campus. I mean, yeah. like that's the yeah. difference of like scope. You're like, you want to make more money? Let's make the entire experience so much more yeah. uh, that people got to come, as opposed to let's nickel and dime them for what we've got. Mike, right. you've done it too. You've worked. You've worked for those type of people. You got the people who you got the executives who are actually creative and listen. And then you have the person who's like, "Well, what does the spreadsheet say?" Right. And like that's what Chapek was. And he was he was the spreadsheet guy. He wasn't yeah. the guy. He was well. The numbers tell us this. What do your instincts tell you? And yeah. Iger goes off of instincts, and Iger goes off of the numbers as well too. But it's a it's a combination of all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's why that's also why the phone call was made. Of you got to come back, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's why it was made. Agreed. Help us, Bob. You're our only hope. Let's <laughs> <laughs> right, take a quick break. We're going to jump into our next subject right after this. 
Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway for You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. All right, uh, Mike, you take it away. Let's jump into some Black Adam conversations. What's going on over here? Black Adam's a stinker. <laughs> okay, all right. Wait, That's all the right. news. That's the news, guys. Uh, no, look, Black Adam, whether you loved it or hated it, it seems that not enough people are loving it. Um, it's just generated about $387 million globally after seven weeks on the big screen. And although any of us would be happy to have 387 million. That's not great for Warner Brothers. Um, you know, given the cost of the movie, uh 195 million to produce, uh 80 to 100 million to promote. Um analysts said that the movie would need to earn around 600 million worldwide to break even yeah, yeah. and make even more than 600 million worldwide to be seen as a hit. And now looking at where it's at, it's looking like it's going to fall around 400 million globally, which is problematic because uh, that is just not going to do it. Uh, and so I know that, you know, our, our, our buddy, The Rock, our buddy Dwayne Johnson is out there saying that uh, that just means that Black Adam is sort of the scrappy A24 of the DC universe. But I don't think any A24 movie could lose this much money because they don't cost this much money. Yeah. So when, you know, it's great to be scrappy when you're caught, you know, making a movie for a buck 50, but when you're making a $200 million movie, you don't get to be the scrappy one. Like I think, you know, what yeah. Warner brothers was really banking on here is we've got the DC universe is struggling. We're going to bring in literally the world's biggest movie star. We are going to promote the hell out of this thing. And then we are going to spoil ahead of the opening weekend that Henry Cavill is going to be in the movie. And we are going to just like ride this thing to success to the point that we were like, I mean, people were, Oh, it's going to be black Adam versus Superman. It's going to be this whole thing. Well, he and, was. I don't well, he, he, was. he was, yeah, he was and all of the people that were excited about him saying it on Twitter were like, oh, yeah, I'm in. Like, and it just seems like this is not it. And well, it, you know, it's an interesting time for DC because on the one hand, having a movie like come out like this, it's supposed to be one of your big movies. It just doesn't deliver. Not great. Yeah. That being said, as we talked about previously in the past few weeks uh, with the regime change and seeing what they're going to do um, with this new direction for DC – they're already in this complicated, what do we get rid of? What do we keep? How do we keep what's successful? How do we keep what's not? So in the long run, maybe it's for the best that Black Adam can fall into the loss category and we don't really have to focus on it. But what do you guys think? Not, it's not a loss. What do you mean? So Dwayne Johnson had tweeted out, and it's up there now. You can see it. it right there. Take a look at it right there. 1234, waited to confirm with financiers before I shared this excellent Black Adam news. Our film will profit between 52 million to 72 million. It's a fact. At almost 400 million worldwide, we are building our new franchise step by step. First, Captain America did 370 for the DC future. Now, you don't tweet that out without actually talking to the financiers because, mm -hmm. because people are going to fact check you and people are going to, are going to take a look. 
So he went through and looked. I thought that this was all because, first of all, people were not talking like the, 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 these reports and the same silly report that Variety came out with that that Avatar needs to make two billion to break even. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. It's the same thing. This is a this this movie. This movie's going to I thought it was going to break even. But from what The Rock says, it's going to turn a profit. Um, from what the financiers said so i i don't i don't think this was a loss i think that it was it turned out now i don't think it was the mega even if it weren't wound up making 20 million i don't think it's the mega hit that they wanted it to be but it also came out in october yeah. it came out in october it was also probably at that point if you're going to put an october movie out it should not have cost the bu the budget that it did to make it and the, the big play was getting superman in i think that to be smart, what Saffron and Gunn will do with this franchise, even if they get lucky and this thing does turn seventy-five million or whatever the hell it turned out to do, mm -hmm. um, you do, you save it you, and you put the Rock in your in your connected DCU, but you keep the Black Adam sequel away for a little bit until you start to read the room and see if people start asking for it. And if they don't, you just keep them in. Put them in Shazam. Get have the Rock get over the fact that he doesn't like Shazam. Put him in the third movie if the if the second Shazam movie does well, but. I don't think that this is a loss. I never thought it was going to be a loss. I always thought it was going to be break even. People were going crazy on me going, see, it's going to lose so much money. And they make up this silly thing with the theaters. The theaters, uh, like, oh, they, the theaters take 50% or 40% of it. The no, they don't. It's like it's there's so much more that goes into it as plus the fact that what comes out and then what happens when they remember they scaled back on the releasing. Also, they scared back. They, they were supposed to release in more theaters. And they yeah. scale back. You save money that way. Then you put it out on on streaming and on pay per view and on video demand. You make money back that way. So this movie is going to wind up, uh, if not breaking even, turning a profit for sure. Well, if it does turn a profit, you're looking at fifty. If he's if what he's saying is correct, and look, I, I, I the Rock's going to defend himself and defend this situation because look, it's his brand on the line. It's his status on the line. And Hobbs and Shaw made eighty four million dollars or eighty two million dollars of profit after it was all said and done. So. You're looking at what 40 he's saying what 45 to 72 somewhere around that range or 54 to 72 that's still not a great amount of profit it's disappointing right. profit for a film like this where you've got the rock leading the way so either way even if it turns a profit it's not going to turn a profit the way that these other blockbusters have turned a profit so you have to wonder if this is going to go forward in this manner we'll find out sure there'll be a number of articles that break this thing down the variety article broke it down then the deadline article broke it down anthony delessandro over there breaking it down and the rock putting out his numbers and we're going to find out when it's all said and done what's going to happen with the film and what the amount of profit is but when you're looking at a double digit profits on the amount of money that you've spent on a film like this i think it's still disappointing it may still turn a profit or may not turn a profit it's, it's, a, loss. Disappointing. it's not a loss it's not a loss if it's yeah. and, and here's still what i will say yeah. <clears throat> i think i think yeah i think regardless of the rock defending the hell out of this movie um, and I, let's assume he's right. I have no, I, I actually agree with, I agree with Christian. I don't think he's going to tweet that if it's not, he's not going to, he's not going to like just bullshit. So let's assume right. he's right. And they're like, look, here's how we're, here's how we're crunching the numbers. We're making this much movie. The fact that he has had to defend this movie so vehemently is yeah. it's, it's an interesting it's place just, to see him because the rock is the rock. He's usually just rolling through his, like his movies are just like gangbusters. So to see that him put so much into the promotion of this movie and then kind of be in this position of like, guys, we're the scrappy a 24 film guys. Look, we made some money. Like you're, you're wrong. We did. Okay. We're like, we're scrappy. We're just building it step by step. It's like, that's a very different story. And look, it's all good either way, but it, that's a very different story than I have the biggest superhero movie in the world. 
yes. I also think you can shoot down his Captain America point. That's not that's at the beginning of this explosion. And it didn't of cost as much. Cinema. And it didn't huh? cost as much. Yeah, and it didn't cost as much. Exactly. So that's what that's what concerns me is the way he's defending it. He's picking and choosing facts, but without context. And I think that bothers me. That that shows me a guy who's a little worried about his brand taking a hit, a little worried about the shine or the bloom coming off the rose. And look, there's no bigger rock fan than I than I am, and both of you can attest to that. And so just, but I got to deal with reality here and seeing a guy kind of, he's on his heels a little bit. It's kind of an interesting position that he's in now because he's this massive stupid star. He's got his fingers in like 500 pies and we all know the rock loves pie and he's doing all these things. So, but at the end of the day, this is a big hit for him to take on a massive scale and there's snickers and there's ridicule and there's a little, you know, talking behind the scenes a little bit about how much of a power or much of a movie star he actually is. And that's going to be something that affects him down the road. Christian, what do you think at the end of the day is, you don't think the rock will just bounce back and move forward. Do you like the way he's defending this? Do you think it shows a little bit of a weakness or concern for his brand? Or do you think? No, he's I just don't, I don't, well, I don't know if it's about a weakness. Um, I think concern for a brand and weakness are two different things, but I think concern, yeah. concern for a brand, of course it's his business, but I also think, you know, he, he put all his chips in, in this movie. He put it on, yeah, and, yeah. And he put in all his chips since 2007. Right, so right. his and as, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's years. as his brand got stronger, he made a bigger pitch for it. So of course, and like, look, and any one of you would do the same thing if you had the numbers. Yeah, like, yeah. like, like I said, this is like you cannot. And if he turns out that he did, then it's going to change our opinion on the rock. But it doesn't yeah. seem like he will. You can't start tweeting out. Well, look, I just talked to the financiers. I just got off the phone and we made a profit. You can't make that up. And if you do, someone's going to go. Well, let me check those numbers. Oh wait, he's he's telling the truth or he's lying he yeah. knows he's gonna he's a he's a big public figure someone's gonna gonna check the numbers um so i think that he's doing that because he's like no these people are full of it but i also agree a hundred percent that because the fact that he has to do it you would have he he would have rather had sat by, back and gone yeah of course yeah you know like look at that but but the captain america thing i think was the silliest thing inside of the whole yeah. tweet yeah. because it's yeah. like the movie cost nothing to make chris evans was not a massive movie salary probably not was that that budget i mean look i bet you the budget was probably bigger than we thought it was but it just it just didn't seem that big right right i think also i mean i think what it what it really boils down to i mean the biggest whether he's right or wrong it's factual not factual it does turn a profit doesn't turn a profit i think the part that kind of doesn't sit the best with me is as the creative lead of this movie as the creative guy who this was his passion project he's been passionate about this for years i don't really want him to get into the mud, be tweeting with everybody, be like, hey guys, but look, I talked to finance and yeah, we're making this much uh, yeah. money. I want him to be like, look, we all hope that our movies do well. We all hope that our movies are huge successes. But all I can say is I loved playing Black Adam and I hope I get to continue playing Black Adam. This was a joy to make. I loved the message. Look, I don't think the message of the film really worked, but that's neither here nor there. The people who worked on the film, like, I just want him to come out and be like, look, for better or for worse, I am so proud of the work we did on this movie and like that's it like let the let the chips fall where they may but like it's coming out of it and being like guys no look finance we crunched the numbers like i don't come on man don't don't do that (laughs) i'm gonna do a youtube video with the guy tell me tell them tell them how much but i also think uh, and we'll wrap it up here i also think christian there's a little bit of a of a a longer approach to this because i mean everyone's been talking roman reigns versus rocket wrestlemania but if, if there's a little bit of bloom off the off the rose of the rock, maybe it's not necessarily as much of an attractive match. And I'm starting to hear from a number of people that they actually don't want that match anymore, that Roman Reigns has kind of ascended past needing the rock 
to put his rubber stamp on him and 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 bringing him back to do this now is kind of a step backwards possibly for Roman Reigns. Yeah, people could have said this, people could have said the same thing about the Rock when he fought Hogan. I mean that was yeah, so, I mean dude, I mean this is that would be it, that would be a massive win for the WWE and a huge, a huge uh, people that aren't saying it are they're probably the same people. Like I didn't like the first avatar because it was this same type of people that just look for an excuse to not. But the difference is this. Mm-hmm. I don't think the rock should go anywhere near WrestleMania. The man's yeah. in his fifties and he's one of the big, and is, and as we just talked about, yeah, he, he, he's in phenomenal shape and he's a, and, but he's still, Jesus Christ. he's almost 50, whatever he is. He, he, the thing is he should be nowhere near because of, he is his brand. He yeah. is, he is, if he gets hurt, if anything happens to him, you know, with whatever movies he's working on, that's it. Game over. Go nowhere near that match. I, if I was, if I were the people around him, um, I would say, no, dude, it, yeah. it's, like yeah sure they're gonna pay you a lot of money we can put it towards the company no don't do yeah. it it's not worth it wwe wants it to happen obviously but on the rock no way i do that match yeah not, not worth it he's like uh tony yeah. Bert, you gotta have you gotta have that duke in your corner in uh, uh, uh rocky too he's all bad for us baby we don't need him we don't need him you don't need this match that's for sure um all right let's hit these stream labs real quick and we'll jump into our next topic after a break uh lou heap fan joins us and he says as someone who didn't care for the original Avatar, could the sequel convert people like me? Love the show. Got to get back to work. Yeah, I would say yes. I agree. Uh, Christian, yes? I, no? I agree. I think that it – because I think that even though um, – I, I do think that it would help to watch the first one if you've already seen the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that – I do second, too. I think the second one just does does different things, and I think that it can still grab you in, in different ways, and I think the story is is pretty and, – and I also would like to ask, I mean – if, if I had a longer conversation with that person that there, I think family, I think parents are really going to, not that the yeah. just parents, but I think parents are really going to respond to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, there's some, there's some battle sequences. So definitely have a talk with your child before you go yeah. in there. If you're going to take your child, I would say uh, I'm no dad though. I am two fly cam says, let's all agree. There's no way we're getting a black Adam too. And thank God for that. I don't know if I'd say that, but what do you guys think the box office office potential for Indiana Jones five is, I think it could be light years. I could be. I think. I, th- I think it could be light year again. In other words, a bomb. Andy just isn't relevant for people under forty years old. Chris and I recently had a battle over this on bite size breakdown, but then we had a more rational conversation about it <laughs> recently. So, uh, what do you guys think? Do you think the? Uh, do you think the? Um, do you think that's it's going to make a lot of money, or do you think he? he what was is, what uh, was the battle? Where did you guys? Where do you guys sit? Well, on we this? were just arguing about what. Uh, whether he's still uh, someone who should be number one in a geek conversation mm-hmm. as one of the greatest characters in the geek. Well, world. it was, it was just, it was like just what, a debate. Yeah, the, well, the debate was essentially out of the stuff that was inside of uh, the characters that they put on the plate. Who would you, and I think that the reason we can bring it back up is that it's relevant yeah. to the conversation. Um, and Mike, the, the conversation was like, it was like Batman, Spider-Man, uh, Obi-Wan, yeah, it's one other person, and then or was it that was it? And then and Indiana Jones, like if you like, who would who would you get rid of? Uh, who would you keep? At, what would your time? ranking of getting rid ranking. of? Who would be the least yeah. you get rid of to the mo- the no. first one you get rid of? And I had reasonings for all of them, and I loved all the characters, but I had Indiana Jones as number one because to me, there's so many comic book movies that are made, and there's so many like you could like Batman is a is an iconic character as, as they all are, but the difference is there's so many Spider and and I took Spider Man, I put him in last, and the reason why is because there's these young Avengers. That are coming out there's ms marvel there's all these new characters inside of the teams that if you lost spider-man you'd still have that representation in comic book movies right same for batman there's those types of characters whether it's moon knight or these other kind of characters that serve it indiana jones is a pure adventure film that we just don't have anymore 
We don't have that type of mm-hmm. character. We don't have that type of person anymore. So that was my my thing. So as far as making the movie, the the movie making money, I think yeah. it's going to make massive amounts of money. I think the ridiculous nonsense narrative that people do because they they even James Mangold coming out and saying this is all bullshit. I'm not replacing Indiana Jones. I'm not doing. Right. You're just doing that to because there's hate sells now. Hate sells. Oh yeah, and, and hate sells. Whether it's hate sells subscribers, hate sells uh, with money. It, it's it's a brand as much as anything else. Unfortunate, but it's true. Hate sells. And if you can get people behind the fact that like, oh, this movie's going to be terrible and this is going to be this, it starts conversation. It drives up your subscriber numbers. It drives this, and it's just part of it. Yeah. Um, but I think that the movie itself is going to be fantastic. I I hate. I really hate Crystal Skull. The more I watch it, I hate it. Yeah. Anymore. It's yeah. terrible. Um, and I watched this trailer at D23, and I love Mangold, so that's why I was excited for it. It just feels really old school. And I think yeah. because of when it comes out and because it's different and it's it's a bigger it's the reason why Avatar is gonna do good, and it's the reason this movie's gonna do good. It's something that is set besides just a comic book movie character. It is an adventure film, it is something for an older generation also to check, and it's the same reason that nostalgia feel that Top Gun hit on. I think that as long as it doesn't just drive on nostalgia, you're looking at a massive hit for uh, for Indiana Jones. Yeah, and last I checked, Star Wars debuted before Indiana Jones, so if you're going to talk to me about people under 40 not being into blah, blah, well, blah, it, I think you can, I think Indiana mm. Jones is generational as well. You pass it down from... from mm, well, look, I'm the same thing? <clears throat> here's why here's why here's why it's not i'm not gonna, like i love indiana jones right, and right. i and i am i am with christian that i think that this trailer hit all the right buttons it mm. feels right it got the stink of crystal skull off of me like i am i am on board and excited yeah here's where indiana jones is different than star wars okay. star wars whether you love or hate the prequels whether you love or hate the new trilogy Star Wars has managed to engage multiple generations of fans. Okay. So there, like, and we talk about this all the time on the show whenever we bring up Star Wars. Like, yep. you and me and Shannon and Christian is of the same generation. <clears throat> we grew up on the original trilogy. A lot of us really weren't too big on the prequels. Uh, you know, have our issues with the new trilogy. But there are kids out there. There, there are not even kids anymore. There are adults who grew up on the prequels that will swear by those prequels yeah. that think the original trilogy is kind of dumb. There are kids who are rushing to Galaxy's Edge right now, dressed in their Ray costumes, way more excited to see Kylo Ren than they are to see Darth Vader. So whether you agree or disagree with that, the proof is in the fact that Star Wars as a brand, Obi-Wan Kenobi has a show on Disney Plus right now that's filling out parts of his life we don't see. Indiana Jones just doesn't have that amount of content out there. It doesn't have that yeah, multi-generational appeal. now. Let's just say that this movie does absolutely amazing. Let's say it comes out and it just blows every record away and kids are like, this was great and everybody loves Indiana Jones. They're not going to prop Harrison Ford up one more time. Like he said he's done. James Mangold has said this movie is about what happens when you're kind of at the end of that adventure. So how Disney manages to keep that brand going is going to be interesting. Are we going to reboot? Are we going to recast? Are we going to have a new generation of people who are inspired by Indiana Jones? Like, because if it is a huge hit, knowing Disney, they're going to want to keep cashing in on that. And then they might make Indiana Jones that multi-generational appeal kind of brand. So it'll it'll just be interesting to see. Well, Snyder... Yeah, I was gonna say I listen to this show. It's called The Hot Mic. It's a good show. Yeah. You should listen to it. But uh, on side of that show, as you, I think you were gonna reference it as well yeah. too, Johnny. You should listen to it. But uh, it's uh, <laughs> but the the potential series with Mar- Marion's father, if that is indeed the the case, if they set that up correctly, 
inside of this movie. Yeah. And what you could essentially do is exactly what Mike's talking about, and that's franchise the whole thing. And what you get right. as you are seeing a, a heavy lean into young Indiana Jones inside with the deep fake or the, the de-aging or whatever inside of it is that are you going to see a de-aged indie inside of this series? Maybe, maybe not. Is it yeah. is it important to do so? I don't know, but it's but what it do what it allows you to do is it allows you to set up new characters inside of this series, yeah. and if those series pop, excuse me, if those characters pop within the series, then maybe you can then have a franchise that spawns into movies. But that's what the the benefit of Disney Plus is if they do it correctly. Now Disney, uh, Lucasfilm, and Disney have proven that a lot of times they they fumble the ball when it comes to this mm-hmm. stuff inside of movies connecting into their franchise, sure. you know, the shows and stuff too. And um, but maybe this is the way that they do it. Yeah, very possible. So yeah, and certainly Disney's always thinking that. Look at National Treasure; they're already coming in with a with yeah. a, another Nicolas Cage film and the younger version in their approach. So there's all kinds of possibilities for sure. And with Iger back, I'm sure he's going to be kicking the tires and all that kind of stuff to see what they can do for it. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll jump into our uh, uh, third topic here after this. All right, Mr. Harloff, uh, we get, we're back with some Star Wars stuff. What do you got? Oh man, today they had a uh, a trailer drop, and I was like, "What trailer's dropping? They dropping uh, they dropping Mandalorian? Are they dropping Ahsoka? What are they dropping? Nope, Bad Batch season two. It's coming out. It is the Bad Batch from the Clone Wars. They had their own series. It came out uh, last year. We thought it was going to come out this year, but they pushed it back. I think smartly, they pushed it back to January of 2023. But this is the trailer, the first kind of longer trailer to kind of tell you what the story is about. Came out. And it was released, and I watched it and said, I wish I cared about Bad Batch more than I do. What? <laughs> I, here's here's the reason why. Um, for those people who enjoy it, I think it's a very well-made show, and I'm going to let the animation uh, expert speak about that in just a minute, obviously. But like, I think that when it comes to this show, as far as the animation, it's amazing. I think that the that Dave Filoni clearly loves these characters. Um, if you, are, if, I think that if you're a fan of this show, then the trailer probably really popped for you. I was, I, I just responded more to something like you say, the Tales of the Jedi. To me, mm-hmm. when that when that show came out, I was like, oh, I would have loved to seen a full kind of half an hour series of something like this. This would be amazing if they went into this period. Um, I just, even the trailer, it just seems like the same thing I saw in season one. It's like, oh, Rhea Perlman's just sending them on another uh, adventure now. They gotta, they gotta find something else. Oh, and then you get, oh, they're all traitors. And then, da, 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 da. and it's the same, it's just the same beats. And it's probably gonna be enjoyable for people who love the series. I thought this first year was just okay. I liked a lot of the stuff that popped in, but it didn't seem like anything new. But I love seeing the Emperor. I just wish I would have heard yeah. him talk a little more. Okay. All right. Michael, your thoughts on the trailer? Uh, and your reaction to this? Well, to Christian's point, uh, the main thing I looked at, that trailer opened on that shot of that island, and then they're all being chased by those giant crabs, and I was like, fuck, this looks good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as someone who is currently working on some anim- some CG animated specials for Netflix and uh, dealing with like weekly meetings uh, on the CG animation and the modeling and the surfacing and what can you afford to do? And hey, can we give this person a broom? No, we didn't design a broom, so they can't have a broom and we ran out of money, so you don't get a broom in the show. Like, CG <laughs> is just so tough wow. to do uh, for television. And when you watch a company like Lucasfilm who's just throwing money at it and it looks just fucking gorgeous, I am equal parts uh, amazed, envious, angry, 
and entranced. Like, I am just all the things watching it. So it does look amazing. Here's what I'll say. I don't fully disagree with Christian. I thought Bad Batch was a great ride. We talked about all the episodes here on the show with Laura and Shannon. Um, we'll probably do the same with season two, but Filoni does this thing. It's, it is a, it is a, I'm, I'm starting to, it is a Filoni storytelling. I'm not going to say it's a flaw because I think he tells a great story, but it is a, it is a quirk that he has that if you watch Clone Wars, if you watch Rebels, if you watch Bad Batch, you can even really throw season one of the Mandalorian in here. That's that first season is always a slow burn. Mm -hmm. You're easing in, you're getting to know the world. But, like, the the stories are kind of, okay, let's get some more going. Like, there's a lot of character stuff to chew on, but it doesn't have that, holy shit, I'm on this ride drive. Then you get to Mandalorian Season 2, you get to Rebel Season 2, you get to the later seasons of Clone Wars, you get, like, all of it. It just picks up this pace, and the story really takes off. So what I got excited about watching this trailer was that the first season was them sort of we left Camino. We don't really know what the fuck we're doing. We're sort of wandering around the galaxy as the Empire is picking up steam. And we really got a sense of who they were and we got to see them go on some adventures. But that's kind of where we left them at the end of season one. They're like, all right, well, we went to Camino. We had this whole come to Jesus. What's next? This season looks like, look, these guys' destiny is they're fighting in the rebellion. Everyone's destiny who you like in this era of Star Wars, they have one of two choices. They're going to die or they're joining the rebellion. It's one of the two things. So uh, that is the direction these guys are going on. And it looks like they're getting more of a purpose. It looks like we're getting into some higher stakes action, bringing the emperor in, bringing in Bail Organa, all kind of leads towards, all right, well, this is going to get to some higher stakes stuff. So I hope that's what happens because kind of to Christian's point, if Bad Batch season two was kind of the same as Bad Batch season one, I'd enjoy it. I really enjoyed the ride. I thought it was a fun show. Right. But if it really picks up steam and gets me really invested, um, that'll be the better way to go. Also, the best part of the trailer, by a mile, yeah. is the fact that Gunji the Wookiee yeah. Jedi survived oh, yeah. Order yeah. 66. Yeah. Give me more more Gunji, please. Yeah. Well, I, my, John, if I can, you know, with that, yeah. I, I, I agree with what Mike's saying. Too. It's, it's just that inside of that trailer... What I got was it did seem I I don't I mean I don't disagree that you have bail and you have all these characters that it could lead to higher stakes, but the stuff that they seem to focus on was again Rhea Perlman going hey you're gonna do this you're gonna take this job for me and that's like I said like, that was fun in the first season but we we did that but I I 100 agree that if it turns out to be one of these things where we get more explanations on the clones and and the idea and and what the stake is and if we finally lose somebody I think you got to lose somebody this season. yeah it has yeah. Yeah. And if we get that stuff, I agree with Mike. I think that you could, I could wind up going, well, that second season really delivered. And it was because of the emphasis of what they had and the attachment that you had in season one. But if it's a lot of the same stuff, which I got from this trailer, then I'm going to yeah. be like, eh, I wish you could have done something else. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, for me, I like the trailer clearly a little bit better than you guys did. I, I really like what we got. I'm, I'm a big uh, uh, Clone Force 99 fan. So for me, these are my guys. This is my A team. This is absolutely fantastic to have in Star Wars. And I enjoyed the first season very much. I like that we're getting an older Omega here. The visuals, yep. you're right. The animation here is stellar, Mike. You're absolutely right to hit on that. But I, but I, and I hear your points, Christian. Certainly, they're laying the groundwork for. Yeah, she's still around. We got Wanda Sykes now coming in as a new character. Yep. What's her role going to be in all of this? They're considered some kind of the top team, or what? What does that mean? Have they built a reputation now? How do people know about them? But we're not losing the fact that we got to figure out how they're going to weave into the rebellion. How do they finally come over? We get that Rex shot at the end there. 
How is he going to get him in there? What's Commander Cody going to do with the situation with Crosshair? <clears throat> intrigue throughout this that I was like, great, we're moving forward. That's what we're going to get. In, and still factoring the fact that it is aimed at kids, but it is going, or young adults even, but it is going to explore more of how this team finds their way to being part of the rebellion. And there were a lot of really great emotional moments in the first season that worked for me, especially when Rex, that season, that episode of Rex was really great. And if they lean in that more, and if this is more of an Empire Strikes Back season, as you said, Christian, if someone dies by the end of which might be Crosshair, might be uh, uh, God knows who, it could be very interesting to see how they play that out in the end for a new season when it comes up as well so i think the cody we brought up cody i think that like kind of to me the more the most interesting thing in the trailer is that you got cody and crosshair there together yeah kind of on on the empire side of things and you get this little thing where cody's saying a lot of the clones are starting to question like like because we've always you know like why i mean we moff tarkin in season one kind of says oh well clones are expensive just you know getting regular people to be stormtroopers is cheaper so you're like okay well that's an answer but it looks like that's not the full answer it looks like we're going to get into even more of like well this order 66 thing didn't quite stick and some of the clones that right. we did care right. about in clone wars kind of came back around and said oh fuck we did some we did some right. shit we discovered so it'll be, it'll, they found their yeah. shit yeah. yeah yeah exactly so that's going to be really interesting too um i think that the ultimately the bad batch is going to be a show that really sort of is the final say on this is what happened to all the clones. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, Real quick. We've got a a super chat that uh, connects. So we're going to hit on it because we'll, you know, we want to get to this real quick. Just Chris Corcoran said the Jedi survivor is coming soon with this game being in the game in the same years, the Obi-Wan show. Could we see Reva appear alongside Cal Kestis since they're probably fighting inquisitors and purge trooper. Yeah. Christian, we saw the key art. We got a release date. There's rumors about a trailer tomorrow coming. What are your thoughts on Jedi survivor? So the the original game, um, I think the story is absolutely incredible. I'm just such a noob at video games, and I talk about this all the time. Like now, back in the day, I was you, you couldn't find anybody better than Mike Tyson's Punch Out, but those days are past. <laughs> but you but versus King Hippo, hundred. I was so good, I figured that shit out real quick, Mike. Punch, <laughs> punch that past the witness um, but uh, but I'll tell you, like the the I was so bad at the game because I was so interested in playing it. But they they do this thing like I played Uncharted, and Uncharted does oh. this thing. It's it if you start wandering around the library for too long, it pops up and goes, "Hey, dummy, go to the left." Right. <laughs> this first game did not do that. I fell off the same cliff, John. Seventy thousand fucking <laughs> falling off the cliff, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm I'm done. I'm just gonna yeah. watch the cut scenes on YouTube. But the stuff that I did watch, I loved. Yeah. And because of it, I wanted to, um, you know, I definitely want to check out the second game, and I'll probably wind up getting it. I hope they they iron out some of those kinks and make it easier for some people to do, even if you put it on easy mode. But yeah. what I'll say is that I had gotten a tip a while ago, and I reported on it that okay. they talked about Cal Kestis potentially getting his own show um, oh wow my live action show with with the dude who plays him from uh from shameless playing playing the role wow. as cal kestis now i again it was not not completely confirmed or whatnot i don't know where it has gone they asked him about it he kind of smiled smiled about it um so i think that it, it it's very interesting to see how the how this trailer plays because i would like to see this is one of the things I think Lucasfilm needs to do. I think they need to start incorporating more of their stuff that they have and stories that have worked 
inside of their core and expanding it to the casual fan because there's a reason it worked inside of the core yeah because you, that that's the problem they kathleen kennedy has notoriously been known for worrying about two inside baseball stuff and is trying to go to it's a it's the lore that makes it special so this is one mm -hmm. of those things that the lore is special inside of this game and i hope the second one delivers okay mike your thoughts on this uh, it's coming out on march 16th of 2023 here's the first here's the key art that they dropped it looks incredible just yeah. from this artwork here um what are your thoughts on this uh real quick uh, before we jump into our uh countdown of the marvel i uh, uh, I, I have the opposite experience of christian i actually also am kind of like not the best with video games like in in the in the geek hierarchy of things uh you know video games are what i get to last after the movies tv books comics everything else um, but I real when I like one, I really like one. And to me, I, I'll, be, I'll buy a bunch of games and I'll play them for like 20 minutes and I'll play them for like a day and a half. And I'll be like, all right, I get what that was. That was fine. Jedi Fallen Order, I think is just because I'm such a Star Wars dork. Like I also fell off several cliffs <laughs> hundreds of times, but I just kept going and That's I just had strange. so much fun. Like, like I could have just like, like I would just be like, look, I'm going to use the force. I'm going to use my lightsaber. I'm going to force jump. I'm going to push you back. I'm going to pull this forward. Like I just, that was one game that I just went through and just lived it. And really I've gone, like I've actually gone back and played it again. Cause I like got the Avengers game. I got some other games and checked them out. And just the gameplay wasn't anywhere near the level of Fallen Order. I'm like, I'm just gonna play Fallen Order again. So I am so jazzed because this is absolutely a game that I'm gonna get, and absolutely a game that I will sit there and play, and probably fall off several more cliffs. Yeah, but did you, have, uh, you had somebody? Did you have your wife asking you to take out the dog, and you had to scream back and say, "Well, honey, I'm sorry. For the last three hours, I've been trying to get out of this fucking bush." Oh, see, that's the joy of being a single homosexual. <laughs> The joys, the joys of being well a single said. homosexual are nobody tells me to do shit. I can't even get anybody to go to dinner with me, so I can just sit at home and play Fallen Jedi. It's fucking great. Yeah, so that's why we had a different experience. I, I, remember, I played Night Till Republic when I was single, Mike, and I was working at Alcon Entertainment, and I took my vacation days and smoked pot and played Night Till Republic all day long for five days. That's when I could so. do that. Those I were the can't days. do that anymore. Those are the days. <laughs> All day yeah. Madden fests. Those were the days. Um, um, but yeah, so I, I'm actually, I'm actually super, super excited, and I think they would be smart to to bring Cal Kestis into onto Disney Plus oh, yeah. or into the stories. You know, the only, and this is all, and I, I say this as a hardcore Star Wars fan who eats this era of Star Wars up, yeah. but that this whole era between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, it's getting mighty crowded. Yeah. <laughs> For, for for the land where all the Jedi were destroyed and Luke was the next biggest hope, there's a lot of Jedi and gray Jedi and Force-sensitive people who put the Force away. Like, it's getting very, very crowded. Uh, and there's a lot, and it's and I get it. It's like, we've talked about this a thousand times. Like, yeah. this is a rich area because we all, this is when the Empire is at their peak. And when they get it right, Bad Batch touched on it and or nailed it. Like, the yeah. Empire gets to be the absolute worst in this 18 year period. Mm -hmm. And so it's, this is what we know. It feels like star Wars. It, it manages to hit the nostalgia buttons while at the same time, giving us new characters and new stories and new worlds. So it's a little bit of the best of both, but it's going to run dry at some point. Okay. They gotta, they gotta figure out what's next. Jamaica Queen agreeing, saying Fallen Order map is one of the worst designs in gaming history. That go. map does suck. The map <laughs> is garbage. Fair enough. 
All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to jump into our countdown of the MCU Phase 4 right after this. All right, gentlemen, we have 29 minutes before we lose Michael Vogel, so let's jump into this thing. MCU Phase 4 just wrapped up here with the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. That is officially the end of Phase 4. Moving on to Phase 5. So we got 19 projects, as Christian Harloff educated us. 18. 18. 18. 18. Educated us earlier on in the show. So... I will let our guest, I think that's only fair, our guest Christian Harloff, who uh, did a show on this already last week, but I, but he was gracious to come on the show and repeat his list for us to break it all down. So please, Christian, what Oof. is your ranking here from 18 to number one? No, I can't wait to watch your reactions on both of those. <laughs> <laughs> Get so, ready. All right, here we go. So coming in at the 18 spot, I, got, I, I could have put 17 at my 18. Either one, any day of the week, either oh. one of them could be there. 18 is Thor, Love, and Thunder. Um, such a Saturday Night Live sketch that I'd want nothing to do with. It gets significantly worse every time I put it on Disney Plus. It is, it is, it all it is is a joke fest. Nothing's real, and it takes a complete kick in the balls to what MCU should be. Um, the same could be said about She Hulk, which is my 17. She Hulk is 17 for me. She Hulk <laughs> had, She Hulk had three episodes that put it at the reason why I made the 17 spot instead of 18. Um, the first episode was great. It balanced the, what, what Thor love and thunder did not have was any balance, except maybe at the end when they tried to say like, Oh wait, this whole thing's a joke fest. Let's try to actually make it serious. Now that Jane has, you know, that Jane and uh, Thor can work together. She Hulk had a couple of those. The first episode I was, I loved this show in the first episode. I loved it. In the second episode, I started to really like it. And then it just went downhill. I thought that there was a lot of really clever stuff that they did. And as much as I um, think that the troll, the going after the trolls was really funny at first, they got too much into it. They they thought that it was their whole entire thing. It was the writers patting themselves on the back. And I hated the finale. I know people loved it. I hated it. I thought it was so stupid and red again, exposed the curtain way too much. Um, 16 goes into a similar problem not not doctor strange multiverse of madness is what i have at 16 now the reason why i had that is because i'm not a massive sam raimi fan um Mm -hmm. and you're in the same boat bro i think that is a threefer for all of us on this (laughs) one so yeah i appreciate him yeah um but i think that the the problem is that very similar to the to thor love and thunder MCU got into this problem where they 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 started instead of making MCU movies with with directors who can really tell their story, they started to let directors do the Star Wars new trilogy thing of like, hey, you have a vision. What what movie do you want to make? You want to make a Sam Raimi movie? You want to make a Taika movie? And it got away from making Marvel movies. So Doctor Strange was was in there. There was a lot of creative stuff that was amazing, um, but I just think that overall it just didn't just didn't really work for me. Okay. Um, Fifteen is Black Widow and. Black Widow's lower on the list for me only because I think of the, the the time and the matter when it came out. I think Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow should have had a movie a long time ago. Yeah. And I, I think that she probably could have had a movie uh, way before, maybe even in this time period, but when actually Civil War did come out. Yeah. Um, the problem was, and, and it wasn't their fault also, it was the pandemic set things back and other things set it back. But then the story themselves, and I thought I thought she was great and Florence Pugh, great. And the whole family I thought was great, Rachel Feist mm-hmm. and uh, David Harper. But I just think that the villain was lackluster and not memorable um and i just it was a movie that just i didn't i didn't respond to the the same way i think others did but i but i but i i'm gonna rewatch it again i've only seen it once i'm gonna rewatch it again with my daughter we're doing an mcu watch so okay. um so there you go uh do you john how do you want me to do this do you want me to, to, to do it Let's the way going, but can we keep the uh, the explanations a little shorter because so, we got sure. only 24 absolutely. minutes left absolutely. Go ahead. absolutely so 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 14 then i have i am groot and I, if it's just a little shorts, I thought they were hilarious. I love them, but that's my number 14, uh, 13th Hawkeye. 
Um, I thought Hawkeye for me, same same type of thing. Balance was was a little little lopsided towards the comedy sometimes, and I think that there was a little bit. I, I hated what they did with Kingpin, but there was some stuff in it that I liked, and I liked the overall kind of '90s Shane Black thing they were going for. Okay. Um, Twelve is what if. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, I just it it bumped, It probably would have been higher, but the fact that I thought that the Doctor Strange stuff was going to tie in, and it, it it really didn't tie into the MCU whatsoever, and they kind of had that promise. Um, the Eleven is the one that definitely everyone's going to be like, wait, why is this so low on your list? And I think it's a really good movie, but Shang Chi is number eleven for me. Wow. Okay. Um, I All thought right. when it when it was a martial arts movie, it, and when it was a, a father son story, it was fantastic. The okay. the third act lost me, and it was a little too. It was it was strangely enough, it was a little too Marvel for me, combined with this kind of smaller fun thing that they were doing. Um, Ten is where I'm definitely going to lose both of you, and that's Moon Knight um i i really loved moon knight i liked it a lot i, I did not like the finale but the second the last episode i still feel is one of the best marvel episodes so far on television and i think that oscar isaac should be looked at for emmy consideration for that wow. role okay um number nine is ms marvel i loved ms marvel so much i thought it was a, a show that i thought was geared towards um towards kids it turned out it was totally geared for people who just family story i like the family stuff more so than i even like the superhero stuff yeah. loved it and she's an absolute star um Eight is the Eternals. I love the Eternals. Oh, Suck it, Roku. What? I love it. <laughs> Who hurt you as a child to make you think I that's a good I love the Eternals. Like I love it. I think it's such a great movie. I love Chloe's house uh, uh, approach to it. And I think that oh. it, even though it's stylistic, it still felt like a very different type of superhero movie. And I, and I, and I dug it. I want to see more. Okay. Um, seven is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. A very emotional story. I thought it was a little long, but other than that, I thought it, it was a great way. The amount of time that they had to pay homage to Chadwick and everything too was was great. Six. I can't imagine that I would ever put this even close to my top uh, six, and that's Werewolf by Night. Yeah. What a great, great standalone thing by Michael Giacchino. I, I when I saw this trailer, I said no, thank you, and I absolutely no. loved it. Same can be said for my number five, and that's the Guardians Holiday Special. I thought this thing was just going to be a complete joke fest with nothing to do it was warm it was fuzzy i absolutely loved it yeah. um fours falcon and winter soldier um i thought to Christian. me i'm sorry falcon and winter soldier to me i thought was about as uh, it had the had the most marvel feel um of what, kind of the, the uh winter soldier feel that i was looking forward okay. to seeing i thought their chemistry was great so i loved it three is loki um it was almost oh. my number no, almost my number two, but Loki is is um, time travel and the way that they played it and bringing Tom Hiddleston back and the way they did it was clever. So I really dug Loki. Two is WandaVision from a, from something that I thought was just going to be nothing I wanted anything to do with. It turned out to be an absolutely brilliant show. It had lost vibes in the first episode, and I just I, I really admired what they did and the way that they transitioned into that finale. And the number one is uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. It was just a, an absolute tremendous achievement of the way that they did it and they tied in they made the Raimi films they made the Mark Welb films they made them all canon the way that they did it with the not and that wasn't just the only gimmick people said that was the gimmick and the only reason it worked and it didn't it had a great emotional performance by a lot yeah. of different people and I I dug it so that's my list it didn't lose its Spider-Man it didn't no. lose its Spider-Man in no. uh, uh showcasing the other Spider-Man and I thought that was absolutely correct uh Michael please take it away your uh top uh eight or your 18 all right uh, so I, here's what I'm gonna do it here's what I'm gonna do it I'm gonna go through uh, mostly I will kind of discuss where I'm different from Christian and why. Like, okay. I think, I think it's like, cause like a lot, like we're similar, actually some of, some of them are like almost dead on, but okay. <clears throat> my number 18 is Spider-Man know it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
hot take? Oh, hot, take. <laughs> hot take. Hot take. No, my number 18 is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Uh, saw it once in the theater. Didn't even try and convince myself that I was enjoying myself. I know a movie is bad when my little brother, who usually comes with us on opening night, looks at me about three quarters of the way through the movie and just goes like this. <laughs> uh, it is, I actually 100% agree with Christian. I just think it's more of a Raimi movie than a Marvel movie. Yes. And even though I've gotten in this argument 95,000 times on Twitter, Yes, I understand that Wanda had the dark hold at the end of WandaVision. Yes, I understand that she wants her kids back. You still just turned her into a mustache twirly villain right out of the gate. And there, there was a way more subtle way to do exactly what you did. And Raimi is not one for subtlety. Yeah. Uh, number 17, Thor Love and Thunder. As an SNL sketch, it is great. As a Thor movie, it is less so. You guys um, number 16, though, Moon Knight. Whoa! Now, now, here's where it gets weird when you start to do a phase four list. I don't go to the bottom and work my way up. I start at the top and I just start doing, here's what I love, here's what I love. So what I find oftentimes is once you get past Thor, Love and Thunder and Doctor Strange, I actually don't have a lot of bad to say about these movies. It's just, they more fall where I liked you the less, the least. Mm -hmm. I actually agree with Christian. That second to last episode of Moon Knight fantastic oscar yeah, isaac in the show fantastic uh it just didn't grab me as much as some of the others but i don't have a lot bad to say i thought it was a great fun ride i think it could have been a little stronger in places but that's that's my moon night number 16 okay. similarly 15 falcon and winter soldier as shannon has said uh falcon and winter soldier benefits from a rewatch binge Week to week, it got a little bit stale for me. I started to get a little bit, all right, where are we going with all this? They suffered from having to change their entire villain storyline because of the pandemic. But when you go back and watch it as a binge, um, the stuff that they did well, the relationship between Bucky and Sam, like Sam's journey to becoming Captain America, bringing uh, Io from Wakanda into it, like they did a lot of really nice stuff, just didn't grab me. 14 is I Am Groot. It is only at 14 because it was so short. Yeah. Give me more. Yeah. I would have, I like. I thought every single one of the shorts was a fucking delight. I could have watched 12 more of them and you could have made them 20 minutes and I would have been fine. Um, 13 is what if. Uh, what it's, it's number 13. I think the animation in what if is fantastic. I think the story is fantastic. I think the way they tied everything together to fight Ultron at the end was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just think uh, that it was a little bit hit and miss tonally. Like okay. some of them just knocked out of the park and some of them you were like, okay, this is good. Like I think that the what if T'Challa with Star-Lord is awesome. hands down the best of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a couple others like the, you know, what if Thor threw a party on Earth was like cute but didn't really grab me as much. So okay. it was just a billion. Uh, 12 is Black Widow. Um, I think Black Widow is actually a really solid movie. I agree that the villain is the worst part of the movie. And I agree that the family is the best part of the movie. And I think that Black Widow deserves some credit for doing an, like, I agree with Christian that Black Widow absolutely should have had a movie before she did. Um, but given that they used, put this movie where they did, I think they did a really amazing thing in this Scarlet, uh, in this, in this, um, Natasha, this ugh, can't get it right. Scarlett Johansson to Florence Pugh handoff. Yeah, like they set Florence Pugh up to just like run the MCU from this point forward. And knowing that both she and David Harbor and Taskmaster are all going to be in Thunderbolts. Yeah, yeah. I think that Black Widow is going to be one of those Marvel movies that 
in retrospect, once we get through Captain America 4 and Thunderbolts and wherever we're going, yeah. you're going to go back and watch Black Widow as the movie that kicked off some of these characters, and it's going to age really, really well. Okay. Number 11, you're going to be surprised because I love it so much, is She-Hulk. Wow. Like, I love, I am on the opposite side as Christian. Uh, I, I agree that the first episode is one of the best, but I thought it was a great fun ride. It was a little uneven. Sometimes the comedy didn't land, but... Those characters saw me through, and I loved the finale. I thought the finale, uh, it had its flaws. They didn't totally stick that landing at the end, but I thought having her jump out of my Disney Plus screen um, was a highlight for me. Top five Marvel moments for me. I thought it was great. Um, Again, it's just once we get past 11, I start to get real, real excited. I got 10, Mm -hmm. Guardians Holiday Special. Okay. Uh, Goddamn delight. Loved everything about it. Check out our review from last week's episode. Yeah. It, it hit me in all the feels. I cried. I laughed. I think that Groot is looking real swole. I love everything about it. <laughs> um, number nine, Werewolf by Night. A The perfect way, as much as we were talking about what Christian said, about Raimi doing more of a Raimi movie than a Marvel movie, and Taika kind of going a little bit more Taika and not enough Marvel... Giacchino just did this amazing thing where he made a universal monster movie that worked as a universal monster movie and also worked as a great addition to the MCU. It just, it struck this perfect balance. It was really amazing. Number eight, Miss Marvel. Uh, Just everything Christian said, just copy paste. Okay. (laughs) It is great. It is an amazing story about an amazing family. If you love the comics, You will love the show. She is absolutely one of the standout stars of the MCU going forward. And I also like the family stuff more than the superhero stuff, which maybe could be a flaw in the show, except the family stuff is so, so good that I'll take it. You know what I also liked about it, Mike? Sorry, also. No, no, go ahead. You mentioned before is that inside of the Muslim culture that I wasn't as familiar with a lot of the stuff that they, they, I thought that they did it in a way where they invited you in and they taught you in a way where you didn't feel like on the outside. It was almost like they were walking you and teaching you about it. And I thought that was a really nice touch to it because it was just like anything else, like any other family. Instead of making you, know, you feel guilty about it, they welcomed you with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, we talked about we talked about how great it was to like be introduced into the Muslim culture and stuff we didn't know when we did our spoiler reviews. Mm-hmm. But what you said, I don't know that we ever said it that explicitly. And I think yeah. it's like it's really smart. It's like it's a show that did that thing where they are very actively being like, we are a show about the Muslim community, about Muslim culture. We're going to talk about Muslim culture, but they made it so welcoming and so inviting that it was just, it was like, it was a joy to just be in that world and be, I wanted to eat everything at their house. I also wanted to eat everything at their house. She could have absolutely made me a Tupperware container and I would have taken it home. All right. We have 14 minutes. I still got to get to mine. So let's go. All right. (laughs) Number seven, the Eternals. I loved it. Sat next to John at the premiere. I think, and on rewatches, I think it is like like where it's going to fit into the bigger MCU and where the Eternals are going to go, I don't know. But as a movie just on its own, I think it is a gorgeous movie. I think it's really beautiful. I think it has a lot to say about humanity and love and compassion, and I'm into it. Number six, Loki. Uh, great. It's Loki. It's like they, they took the character. They gave him new life. Uh, the TVA was weird and quirky in all the right ways. And it introduced us to he who must not be named, who I think is just going to ride roughshod over the next two phases yeah. of Marvel, like just going to be a full on banger. And that last episode of Loki where he is introduced is like a is going to be one of the linchpins of the multiverse saga. 
Okay. Um, number five, Shang-Chi. Uh, I agree with Christian that when it is a uh, when it is a kung fu movie, it is great. I think that he is delightful and charming. I think the third act does get a little too Marvel, but I'll give it to them. It still kind of works for me as just a fun ride. It definitely has that third act CG Marvel thing that She-Hulk makes fun of in She-Hulk, but eh, I didn't hate it. I had a good time. I think also it was like at that era of we had we had been starved for Marvel movies so long that to go to a movie theater and just see that third act Marvel thing, you're like, yeah. Fucking just put it in my veins. I didn't see it in the theater, by the way. That's another thing. Oh. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Number four. Yeah. Disagree with Christian on this Hawkeye. Yeah. It's it's Christmas. It brings Kingpin back. Uh, Kate Bishop is goddamn delightful. Yeah. The, the chemistry between Clint and Kate Bishop is awesome. And the story of Clint dealing with his guilt and his grief over what happened to Natasha and having to say goodbye to her is really affecting to me. I think it really, it was a nice capper on everything that happened in phases one, two, and three. Okay. Um, Number three, Wakanda Forever. When I first saw it, I thought it would be lower on my list. I saw it again. It is too long. It is too overstuffed with Marvel stuff. But man, the emotion of what Ryan Coogler managed to do in making the loss of Chadwick Boseman, the loss of T'Challa, really still hits for me and so it's 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 not as good as black panther but right now it's definitely sitting up there for me number two wandavision wandavision is just fucking awesome it's great as the first show out of the gate for disney plus they nailed it i'm obsessed with it wandavision is so good that it makes me angrier and angrier at multiverse of madness (laughs) and number one spider-man no way home for all the reasons you said they you thought that they weren't. You, we weren't going to get a lot of Toby and Andrew, and we ended up getting a lot more of them than we thought. And yeah. even though we did get so much more of them, it didn't take away from uh, from Tom Hall, the, from from Peter's story. And they took Green Goblin, who yeah. again, not a big Sam Raimi fan, was kind of ridiculous in the Raimi movies, and without changing anything about his character, turned him into Peter's absolute worst villain of all time uh, in all the best ways. Okay. All right, now I'm telling you wrong. Let me go. Okay, number eighteen is Eternals. That's the worst oh. boring piece of thing I've ever seen oh. in my life. I would never go back and rewatch the thing, and I've seen it twice already. It was just so frustrating to sit and watch this thing. Plus, we got a man in the ocean that we can't even address any in any of these things that are after. Number seventeen, Multiverse of Madness. For what Michael said, it's an absolute insult to Wandavision. What Raimi did to. Uh, um, Wanda Maximoff in this film was just horrific and ridiculous. And clearly the writer also uh, has a problem understanding what to do with this female character. It's super frustrating. And America Chavez as well, which I thought was so clumsily presented. She should not have been in this movie at all. That being said, loved Cumberbatch, loved the visuals, just would have liked this under Derrickson's hands rather than Raimi's hands. Uh, 16 Black Widow loved most of the movie. And then that ending was such a letdown. And I agree that the villain was the issue. Nobody is afraid of that guy. I don't know why you made him the villain. And it really just kind of dropped the ball on something that was churning along so well that it left just a bad taste in my mouth. So I enjoyed three quarters of that movie, but the rest is no good. 15, I am Groot. Love the shorts. Exactly for what Michael said. They're just too short. I would love them to be longer, but I enjoyed the animation, enjoyed the acting that was going on from the animation that was great i am group without saying a word just some of the acting going on the eyes mm-hmm. uh, which was so great which will uh, i think you all will enjoy as well in um avatar the way of water the acting there going on in the cgi stunning absolutely stunning man uh number 14 thor love and thunder i don't get why people hate it so much i had a lot of fun with it 
I enjoyed it, and I, I just really loved it. A little more Christian Bale, a little more, you know, giving the groundwork of why he's so dangerous. That would have been nice. Thanks. Uh, 13 is She-Hulk. Um, Tatiana Maslany is the saving grace of this entire show. I don't think most of it worked for me overall, but I loved her in the role. I don't want to see her get taken off this role. Let her keep going in a better situation with, with a better overall construct in the show. And I think it'll be great to see her. Number 12 is Moon Knight. I mean, I will show you all my, I love Moon Knight to pieces. And I think the show dropped the ball a little bit, but Oscar Isaac is himself did a great job with the acting and the mental health journey that we're going on with this guy. I thought it was really bold of them to take that chance in Marvel with one of these characters and the direction, the cinematography, the places we go was great. I think they just dropped the ball a little bit too much on the Egyptian God stuff and, and some of the villain stuff. I thought Ethan Hawke didn't quite nail it in the way that I was hoping he would nail it much better in the black phone for sure. Um, Number 11 is Falcon and winter soldier. Yes, it holds up in rewatch, but it also the, the high wire act of, of confronting uh, systemic racism, they dropped the ball big time on that. They presented it in a lifetime way when really I think they wanted to go deeper on it, plus cutting the story a little bit with the um, – I forget the name of Aaron Kellerman's group, but cutting that story I think really affected overall the power that they see. There's a 10-episode series that would have kicked ass for sure, and sadly it was cut because of well, COVID. Well, you would have gotten your episode about, uh, about his wife. Yeah. Yes. Another thing. Yeah. About Walker's wife, for God's sakes. Uh, Number 12 is uh, Ms. Marvel. I liked Ms. Or I'm sorry. Number 10 rather is Ms. Marvel. I liked Ms. Marvel. I really, really enjoyed it. I think I need to go back and rewatch it because some of the episodes are a little clunky and find a little more of the magic for myself. Number nine. What if I loved what if top to bottom? I don't think there's a bad episode. I enjoyed every single one of the episodes. And as you said, Mike, the way it led to the fights uh, that they had at the end there, I really, with Ultron, I really enjoyed that. The animation work, the acting work, getting to see some guest stars come back and voice over the roles. That was so great to see. Plus, Nick Fury was a badass about this whole thing, and I loved that. Uh, and shout out to Lake Bell doing a best, the best Scarlett Johansson impression I've ever heard. Number eight, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Really loved this thing. Um, again, too short. Only 45 minutes. I wanted so much more out of this. Um, take 20 minutes off of Spirited and put it onto uh, the Guardians. Okay, of okay. slow your roll on Spirited, homie. Don't you touch Spirited. <laughs> Number seven, Shang-Chi. Love Shang-Chi. Really enjoyed the hell out of that thing. Um, uh, Terrence, uh, great. And then Terrence becomes, you're going to destroy this movie. You keep going with this. And they thankfully pulled him back, but not before he still did a little bit of damage to the film. Six, Hawkeye. I can't wait to rewatch this thing this weekend. I'm going to binge it all day and just sit there with my fucking coffee or my pumpkin spice latte or my Christmas music and just enjoy the hell out of this thing. Because I love the performances all the way throughout. Number five, Werewolf by Night. Just like Christian. I watched this this trailer. I'm like, I don't know, man. And I love the creature features from the old days. And I was like, I don't know. And then you watch it like, this is incredible genius so hopefully giacchino gets to do more and now uh fucking multi-hyphenate uh, as a talent in our business uh wakanda forever is my number four loved it can't wait to go back and see it again yes mike said overstuffed but the the stuff they did with namor was incredible and the work being done by deno Chorte in the film just stellar and the visuals of it all really really well done hopefully he's going to be a character that gets into into some stuff where it isn't overstuffed and you get to really enjoy what he can do. Number three is WandaVision. Loved WandaVision to pieces. That ending, though, I mean, that ending just kind of really undercut it. And not enough to, to send it back down, but 
her and uh, uh, Catherine Hahn in the sky going at it. I just was like, come on. And and the less said about Ralph Boner, the better. Number two, Loki. Loved Loki to pieces. You couldn't have constructed a better Roka show in the Marvel Universe than Loki. And I go back and watch episodes of this all the time from top to bottom. Great work uh, from Tom Hiddleston. And from Richard E. Grant coming in as old Loki. That was just stellar. And, of course, loving uh, Lady Loki as well. She was great. Uh, Sylvie, she was fant- uh, fantastic. Want to see more of her. And, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home at number one. Has to be number one. Knocked it out of the park. Created a masterpiece in terms of uh, comic book films. It is a masterpiece in comic book films. I go back and rewatch scenes. Like, I'm going to get emotional now. That scene where they confront him about after he's lost mm-hmm. um, uh, Marissa Tomei on, on May, after he's lost her on the roof. Uh, the 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 pacing of that scene, the writing in that scene, incredible stuff. So just overall. So, uh, all right. Well, there you go. There's our phase four rankings. And, of course, you saw our reactions to each other's rankings for sure. These two are insane to have Eternal so high. Um, but there you go. I mean, we, listen, we, I sat next to you in the movie theater. You saw me leaning forward. Oh. You knew when it was happening that I liked it more than you did. Yeah, I liked yeah. it a lot. <laughs> you're both insane yeah. uh but yeah but at least we agree on spider-man no way home and certainly that's a, a positive i think you have so, to i mean like i will say i mean i know that we have i know i have to go and I you have to go so but yeah. uh but i do i do want to say that um you know the other thing about spider-man that's so great is one of the big criticisms when civil war came along was that we skipped over the uncle ben of it all that we we had a new yeah. spider-man but we right. didn't get with great power comes great responsibility right. and I love the Uncle Ben story, but you don't really ever get a chance to really know Uncle Ben. Yeah, and yeah. what they did by giving us, if you include Civil War, four movies with Aunt May. Yeah. And building this relationship between the two of them, I they made with great power comes great responsibility hit yeah. so much hard. I was absolutely sobbing in the theater. Yeah. So I mean, they just it they really it is it is a comic book masterpiece. Christian, Christian, real quick, your thoughts on how do we assess Phase Four right now? How, what's your feelings on Phase Four? Um, I think it was just tough to do. Where um, you had these powerhouse kind of one through three, and with just such an incredible ending with Endgame, that anything you were going to do um, is is going to be tough. I just my my biggest issue with Phase Four is it didn't really seem to have a clear direction, except the, obviously the theme of loss, which just seems to be a, a, a big part of Phase Four, but. Um, the jokey coming from a comedian, the over jokey, too much comedy is hurting it. And I'm yeah. glad they're staying away. They stay, they got away from it with Black Panther. Um, I think that even though if you find it clever and you find it humorous inside of She-Hulk, you, you're you're starting to really hurt the, the overall. And the same goes for Thor, Love and yeah. Thunder. You're hurting the, what what it is. You're not taking it serious anymore. So why are we taking it serious? So I think that when you're bringing in Kang and you're bringing in these other characters now, I think we're going to start to get a good jumping point and i think a great way to end it was with um black panther yeah mm-hmm. uh mike quick thoughts on phase four and then and it, yeah look, i mean i think i think even looking at it all said and done i mean phase four is just a little bit more all over the place and I, but i think i think you can look at it in two ways and i think both are true i'm not going to try and say oh marvel's perfect whatever uh phase one they were like hey hopefully we can get to an avengers movie before like we who knows if we'll be able to do it so they played it pretty down the line like it's superhero stuff and then by the time we got to phase two and three you start to have some real bangers in there and it was just a straight shot to infinity war with phase four they got weird they did some weird shit 
I mean, to, to Christian's point, not all of it worked great. Not all of it worked, you know, like you had stuff that was way jokier than anything we had had in the first three phases. Right. You had Werewolf by Night. You had the Guardians holiday special. Like you just had, you, you, you threw animation in there for the first time. Like they did all of this stuff that TV became a part of the MCU for the first time. So yeah. with all that going on, we it's it feels like there was a lot like phase four is just a monster phase compared to the others because once you add the disney plus shows in there it's just massive yeah and they tried different things and i applaud them for trying different things for being way more serious and epic with the eternals and then way jokier with thor love and thunder even though thor didn't work for me i think it's great that they're pushing the boundaries of what they can do and not just delivering the same thing over and over and over and over again. And now that we do have a bit more of a direction, we know it's the multiverse saga. We know Kang is central to it. It's going to be really interesting to see where quantum mania lands and where we start to see all these other teams get developed as we, uh, hopefully with phase five and six, get a little bit more of a beeline towards secret wars. Yeah, mine's real quick. I don't think we're going to assess phase four until we're done with phase six. I, 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 I think I think we can have initial reactions and whatever and the imbalance and the different things we're doing. I agree with everything Christian and Mike said, but I'm not going to be able to give my full assessment on phase four until I'm done with phase six because I got a feeling these are tentacles that are reaching out and we're not sure where the destination is. And when we see the destination, we're going to really reappreciate phase four and those big swings that they were trying to take with it uh, in terms of the trauma and dealing with loss and grief and all of that for sure. Mike, I know you got to go, so we'll let you go. Thanks for hanging out, man. Appreciate it. Bye, everybody. Christian, always a, good, always a pleasure. Roca, I see you every day. Yeah. I'm going to go talk to people about colors and lighting and animation. Goodbye. Hey. You can follow Mike at MKTune as well. Christian, can you hang out for five minutes? Hit these yeah. super chats oh, real quick. Oh. Thank you, buddy. Ben Rayner says, uh, hey, some of my favorite YouTubers together. Happy. Do you guys think Amy uh, uh, will be back as Lois Lane? If not, would you want to see Kerry Washington as new, new Lois Lane? Do you think she fits? Um, I don't know. I don't know if so. Amy Adams has said she wants to come back. Yes, she did. Um, so the thing it's 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 going to be a very tricky situation for James Gunn and Peter Saffron when it comes to Man of Steel or, or Superman in general, right? Because they can do one of two things. They either bring him in as whatever, whether it's a variant. I know they're not using that for for DC. Right, but you know right. what I mean? There's another another Superman from a different dimension that comes in, and he's the more lighter toned Superman that we know from the Christopher Reeve Christopher Reeve kind of feel that the, the way Superman has always been presented. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they do that, then you can recast and put whoever you want. Doesn't matter uh, whoever you know, because Jimmy Olsen is dead in this in this universe. Right, right. And Jimmy Olsen needs to be around. Like you got to have Jimmy Olsen, you got to have these characters. So I, I think recasting and inside of all, all these different characters would be interesting. Um, and I think that if they don't, if they bring Amy Adams back, then you got to bring everybody back. You can't yeah, just yeah, pick right. and choose. Well, it's Amy Adams, but it's not a Larry, uh, uh, Larry Fishburne. It's not, yeah. you know, it's so, um, yeah, I don't know yet. As far as it, it's just a matter of who they, how they're going to do it. it. They could cast anybody. Right. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, J J W Basement two two zero 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 one says. First rate Nate. Oh, it's first rate Nate here. I That's can't it. wait for this movie. He's talking about Avatar. I really can't wait to hear the score. Love what you guys do. Yeah, I thought the score was great. It was great. It was a great way to play, pay homage to uh, to the great James Horner. It was it was there's this one beat, John. You'll know it. Like yeah. it's it's the Avatar, Da-na-na-na. and it's like they play it a few times, but they don't overdo it. Right. The main theme plays throughout the movie, but it's the and I'm like, oh, it's so effective. It's so effective. <laughs> yeah, they pick and choose where they drop yeah. and it's good. Yeah. 
uh, for sure. All right, let's hit well, a couple more of these. Sorry, uh, real quick. Uh, Chris Clark said uh, Jedi Survivor. Oh, yeah, we already got to that one. Uh, these are the more back end ones. Uh, J- Jamaica Queen 22 says, Oh, yeah, he already said that. The Fallen Order map. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. Here we go. Simon section. No joy in being a single heterosexual, just loneliness and cheeseburgers, which, according to combo guy, is a dangerous combination. Uh, yeah. oh, a cheeseburger. I haven't eaten lunch all day. I <laughs> one bowl of cereal. Uh, JJ Bear says, Hawkeye was my favorite thing. You give me Vera Farmiga and Christmas, I win. Uh, I, I like Vera. It's a good cast. And I think, I mean, there was, I think Mike made a good point, though, too, with, um, with the, his struggle with everything with Natasha and everything. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stuff inside of that series that I loved. There was this, it, but John is the same thing I talked about with the humor, like the LARPing stuff. Like it was just, I didn't feel like yeah. any of them are real. Like, you know, yeah. like when the characters don't feel real to me and they just feel like mad TV characters, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you on that. Ed. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons I had an issue with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Don't give me Walker's wife as just an accoutrement, as just a fucking assistant in essence. I want to see more. I want to see his home life. I want to see what's going on with this guy. Yeah. So hopefully that was my whole point with that. I like characters being introduced. Give me a little more fleshing out. I'd like to invest in them. Chris Corcoran says, I do hope Tatiana Maslany gets another chance to be She-Hulk, regardless of how the show was. I could see her in Cap 4. Oh, yeah, totally, especially when she says Captain America. So, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Vincent Zawada says, disagree about Multiverse of Madness. That is top three for me. Yeah, there are some people, Christian, who have this in the top five. Raimi fans. I'm telling you, Raimi, I saw it. I took my buddy with me who was a massive Raimi fan and he loved it. Right. Like I've talked to many people who love it and they're all Raimi fans, which is who the movie was made for. It was, which they made that choice to do because this was a guy who gave you Spider-Man one, gave you Spider-Man two, Spider-Man three. I'm not going to blame on him, but, um, but it, that was a, um, so I, it doesn't surprise me. I would assume that Vincent is a big uh, Raimi, Raimi guy. Yeah, fair enough. JMB saying, uh, by the way, I'm all here for the Geek Buddies and Christian in a four-way Mario Kart death match on here or Twitch. Please make it happen, and I love you, Humps. You guys play Mario Kart? We, we've been talking about, because I've never played a Mario game in my life, so oh, we've been right. talking about driving up. I was going to drive up to L.A. and then maybe set up a camera. We play and just kind of make that available as an episode of the show and just give each other shit, so... I don't know if you play, but I don't play. So. I, I mean, I used to play in college, but I haven't played. I haven't played in a while. But I was. I, I well, I shouldn't say that. I played. My daughter got a Nintendo Switch, and she got Mario Kart, and I was. I was playing it. The new movie looks awesome. You, you, I like the trailers, right? The trailers look awesome. The trailers, if especially you're not a Mario guy, I was. Um, yeah. And the stuff that they did at the end with Mario Kart was was it looks really really good. I'm excited. That movie's becoming more and more anticipated for me as as we get closer. Yeah, and I like the voiceover work from just about everybody in there. So I, you know, I've heard the complaints, but they don't. It doesn't affect me. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Corkin saying I could see Wanda appearing in the Agatha show where she's getting clean from the dark hold and joining the coven. Chofani have a family outside of Vision and her kids. Yeah, would that work to bring her back out of full circle in that way? She said she's done for a little bit, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. She says she, I think she, says she wanted to take a break. I would take a break too. There's a lot of emotional shit. A lot, yeah. For sure. Um, all right. Well, there you go. Thank you, Christian, for sticking around. We, I appreciate it. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's great to have you on the Geek Buddies. The fans responded very positively. 400, over 400 of you were watching us live for a majority of this thing. Please make sure you hit a like on this video as, as, you're, as we're wrapping up here. We'd appreciate it. And subscribe to the channel down below. Please, Christian, let people know where they can find you and everything going on. I'm sure they all know, but tell them anyway. Well, obviously, my channel, if you can, uh, Christian Harloff, where we just hit or at sixty thousand two hundred right now. So we're um, we're we're moving, we're shaking, we're trying to get to seventy by the end of the year. We'll see if that happens. But I got a really good episode as soon as I get off here. I've got to walk the dog, and then I'm going to edit 
and then I'm going to edit my uh, big thing episode today. I had Kathy Kelly on the show. She talked nice. about going back to the WWE, what it was like with, um, you know, Triple H taking over. So there's a lot of great stuff there that we talked about in TV recommendations. And then I'm, I'm approaching, I'm trying to do that short game now, John. I'm posting yeah. a lot of shorts. I'm doing stuff on Instagram and TikTok and, and Twitter and the whole thing and posting shorts on YouTube. So please come and follow me over there if you haven't. Uh, it's just at my name, Christian Harloff, on all platforms. There you go. Thanks so much, brother. That's where you can find me at the Rogue Says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Right above is the Geek Buddies right there at Geek at the Geek underscore buddies on Twitter, at the underscore geek underscore buddies there as well. So come and follow us. More than anything else, though, subscribe to the channel down below, down below. Hit that bell button. I'm trying to get to a measly 25,000 subscribers, and I'm 200 something subscribers away. So help me get to that point for sure. I would appreciate it. We love you madly. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Geek Buddies! Hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.